This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We've been studying the book of 1 John in our sermon series called Deeper. Today we're going to talk about what it means to be called a child of God and the hope we have in Jesus. Please stay with us for our message entitled, A Deeper Hope for God's Children. Do you have a hopeful outlook on life? Today we're going to take a look at having a deeper hope, and I hope you'll stay with us. We begin our service in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, on this day of rest, we give you thanks that you have given us this time to rest and reflect and praise. And we pause to focus on you and listen to what your Holy Word has to say to us. So speak to us, O Lord, for your servants are listening. Amen. As we continue on with our sermon series, Deeper, we once again turn to the first letter of John, chapter 2, beginning at verse 28. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he is revealed, we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who does right has been born of him. See what love the Father has given us 
that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He's revealed, we'll be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. Here ends our reading. Friends, as we go through life, we typically pick up a few titles along the way. For myself, my reverend, pastor, dad, coach, bapa, now that I'm a grandpa, mister, up in Stillwater where Julie works, my wife, uh, I'm called Julie's husband. I tried for a doctor to add to that list, but ran out of time and energy. I bet you have a few titles of your own. All of these titles, as nice as they are, pale in comparison to what John calls us in this passage for today. Listen again. See what kind of love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Trusting in Jesus Christ, you and I are no longer children of wrath But now we become children of God, born again, God's beloved ones, through Jesus Christ. 
John says, if you know he is righteous, that he is who he's talking about is Jesus. As we know the righteous one, we become children of God. We were unrighteous, you see, in in a broken relationship with God because of our sin, making us children of wrath. But God in his love sent his son Jesus. He's the righteous one who came, lived the perfect life of righteousness. And he died on a cross as the perfect sacrifice so that we might be righteous in God's sight. A great transaction took place at the cross. Jesus took my filthy rags of sin upon himself and paid for my sin. And I get out of it a clean robe to stand before God cleansed. Stuart Briscoe writes in one of his books, Years ago, when I was a young banker, we used big leather ledgers where all accounts were entered by hand. I remember daydreaming about those ledgers and God's ledgers in heaven. We are told those books will be opened. I imagine my name, David Stuart Briscoe, and God adding up the sum total of my indebtedness against him. I could never cancel the overwhelming indebtedness. In my mind's eye, I saw God take his pen and transfer the sum total of my indebtedness to the account of the Lord Jesus Christ. On the account of the Lord Jesus, he wrote, transferred from the account of David Stuart Briscoe. I thought God was finished, but then I saw him do something incredible. He added up the total righteousness of Christ and against it wrote these words transferred to the account of David Stuart Briscoe. That's love. I'm forgiven. I'm given a new status through what Christ did for me. I'm a child of God. A child of God who is also heaven-bound. I have an eternal inheritance that awaits me. I can live looking into the future with confidence because I belong to my Father through Christ Jesus. I remember a lovely story I came across years ago about Dr. Billy Graham. In January of 2000, the leaders of Charlotte, North Carolina, invited their favorite son, Billy Graham, to a luncheon. He initially hesitated to accept the invitation because he struggled with Parkinson's disease. But the leaders said, we don't expect a major address. Just come and let us honor you. So he agreed. And some wonderful things were said about him at this luncheon. And when he stepped to the uh, podium and looked at the crowd, he said, I'm reminded today of Dr. Albert Einstein, the great physicist who this month has been honored by Time magazine as man of the century. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle punching the tickets of each passenger, and when he came to Einstein, Einstein reached in his vest pocket and he couldn't find his ticket, so he reached in his other pocket. It wasn't there. So he looked in his briefcase. He couldn't find it. He looked in the seat by him. He couldn't find it. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle, uh, punching tickets, and as he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under his seat for his ticket. 
The conductor rushed back to Dr. Einstein. Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. No problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. <laughs> Dr. Graham continued in his talk. He said, see the suit I'm wearing? It's a brand new suit. My wife, my children, and my grandchildren are telling me that I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. I used to be a bit more fastidious. So I went out, bought a new suit for this luncheon, and one more occasion. You know what that occasion is? This is the suit in which I'll be buried. But when you hear I'm dead, I don't want you to immediately remember the suit I'm wearing. I want you to remember this. I not only know who I am, I also know where I'm going. All of this for the children of God. What sweet, sweet love it is that the Father has given us, John says. It's a gift given through Jesus Christ. And as a child of God, he goes on to say, I also have a promising future. I can live my life with a hope, a confidence of a glorious forever with him. You see, all of history is headed somewhere, friends. History is not some tale told by an idiot, as someone has once said. History has an end. And those of us who know Jesus know that it's a good ending. John tells us, a day is coming when Christ will make his royal appearance. He says, when Jesus appears, we will see him as he is. We'll see him in his majesty, in his power, in his beauty. And every knee will bow, and every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. And the whole creation will be transformed, including us. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And John says, we believers shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, what does John mean by that? He doesn't mean that we'll be identical to and that we'll be omniscient or omnipresent as Jesus Christ is. But what he does mean is we will have resurrected, glorified bodies that never get sick or grow old or die. And morally, we will be completely without any sin. And intellectually, we will be without falsehoods or errors, physically without weaknesses or imperfections. And we will be filled continually with his Holy Spirit, loving God, loving each other. That's the glorious hope that awaits us as we live as children of God with our Heavenly Father. And presently then, in the meantime, while we wait, as the world around us doesn't maybe appreciate us or Jesus, and there are hardships that we face and maybe even put-downs and persecutions to be experienced as we follow Jesus, we have a deep confidence, certainty, hope, Because we know the end of the story 
And the end of this story is mighty good. So while we serve him in this world, witnessing and loving others in his name, shining for him, letting our light shine, John says there's, there's more. He says, uh, let me ask you a question in verse 28 of this reading. The question is, how am I going to face him when that day comes? With confidence or with shame? And that will depend on how I've prepared, lived my life as a child of God. I'm reminded of a parable that Jesus told one time about a master who went away and left his servants in charge. And then he returned. Children of God, we are called to some things here that John tells us about. He says, so abide in Jesus. Remain with him. Stick with him. Keep your faith in him. Walk with him. Follow him. Trusting in him. Walking with him and listening to him in, in his word as you open up your scripture. And obeying him. Doing the right thing. And John says, and all who have this hope in them are going to spend the rest of their days purifying themselves as Jesus is pure. We purify ourselves, getting ready to see him. I like the, this little thing that I came across in one of my studies for this passage. It says, if we have a hope like that up ahead of us, we should make every effort in the present time to be pure in the same way as he is pure. And that's quite a challenge, but it makes all the sense in the world. If you're going to meet a very important colleague in another country, you might think it worth making the effort to learn at least some of their language in advance. If you're going to meet a future employer, you want to make sure you've learned enough about the business to make the right impression. And if you're going to meet Jesus himself, it only makes sense. You would want to make yourself pure. But how? But how do we do that? John goes on to say a little bit later, everyone who abides in him doesn't go on sinning. Now, what does he mean by that? It means that we now spend our lives as new people, new creations in Christ. Yes, we still have the old at work in us and we fail. But in this new life, we're sensitive to sin. And when we have sin happening, we confess it. And we strive not to do it anymore. We walk away from it. We live a repentant life style. We build Christ-like character. We want to be more and more like Jesus. It means, for instance, putting profanity and obscene talk away and using only words that build up. It means replacing lies and half-truths with truth, being known for your integrity. It means treating your body well 
as a temple of the Holy Spirit. It means being careful what you put into that mind of yours. Maybe it's putting away the pornography or those other things on the screen that play with your mind and instead focusing, as Paul says, on that which is noble and true and beautiful. It means putting away covetousness, needing to have more and more and more, which becomes idolatry. And watching your lips, slander, malice, wrath, anger, no longer takes over, but is put away, replaced by love, compassion, kindness. How's that going to happen? Well, first of all, you need to know that we cannot do this on our own power. But as children of God, we have the Holy Spirit here to help us in that. And we also have a church community to hold us accountable as we live out our days as God's children. And we have the opportunity within that community to confess our sins and receive cleansing and forgiveness over and over again. Craig Barnes, wonderful pastor, wrote this. When I was a child, my minister father brought home a 12-year-old boy named Roger whose parents had died from a drug overdose. There was no one to care for Roger, so my folks decided they'd just raise him as if he were one of their own sons. At first, it was difficult for Roger to adjust to his new home, an environment free of heroin-addicted adults. Every day, several times a day, I heard my parents saying to Roger, no, no, that's not how we behave in this family. No, no, you don't have to scream or fight or hurt other people to get what you want. No, Roger, we expect you to show respect in this family. And in time, Roger began to change. Now, did Roger have to make all those changes in order to become a part of the family? No, he was made a part of the family simply by the grace of my father. But did he then have to do some work because he was in the family? You bet he did. It was tough for him to change, and he had to work at it. But he was motivated by gratitude for the incredible love he had received. Do you have a lot of hard work to do now that the Spirit has adopted you into God's family? Certainly you do but not in order to become a son or a daughter to the Father. No, you make these changes because you are a son or a daughter. And every time you start to revert back to the old addictions to sin, the Holy Spirit says to you, no, 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 that's not how we act in this family. Dear friends, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I encourage you, remember who and whose you are. You are a child of God, precious in his sight, with a glorious future and a date to meet him face to face. May you spend the rest of your days confident, with a deep hope, the rest of your days getting ready to see him, making him proud. Amen. Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood.
you bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being your children through Christ and for the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. We look forward to seeing him face to face someday. Amen. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. 
You have been worshiping with the Internet and Radio Ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you feel encouraged to remember who you are and whose you are, a precious child of God with a glorious future as you prepare to meet Him face to face. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit ministry supported entirely by the gifts of our listening audience. Estate gifts, large and small, are a significant part of our ministry's funding. Please consider a financial gift to this important service as a part of your estate planning. For more information, feel free to write us at Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or call us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. In the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We thank each of you for your gifts and prayers. We are excited for you to visit our vibrant website where you can find both a printed and audio copy of today's message, as well as many recent messages. For your convenience, you can subscribe to receive our weekly messages by podcast. Other services include a prayer request page and an easy, secure donation page. Visit us today at ChristianCrusaders.org. That's Christian Crusaders, all one word. We are happy you were able to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this same station. Conducting today's message was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously for the past 82 years.